Philo Media Podcast. All right. Oh, wow, that peaked the shit on my... That's fine. It's not... They're not... No claps will be heard in the actual episode. No claps were harmed in the making of this content. Yep. We're not going to give our audience the clap. That's good. That's good. Yeah. That is good. First episode. First episode. Woo! Wee. I wish I had a, a beverage. <laughs> I have cold brew. It's pretty tasty. Is that what you're sipping on? Yeah, so I need to go shopping, but I was prepping for this episode, so I'm like, I'll do that after. So there's a coffee shop around the corner. But I like I like the uh, Trader Joe's cold brew more than this cold brew. Like this one's kind of like, like has a weird after bite. It's not smooth. I'm like, Trader Joe's does it better. <laughs> it's funny, but it's it's good enough. It's definitely got lots of caffeine, so that was kind of the point. So well, that's good because you're gonna need it now. Yeah, I'm gonna need it. So, so first episode, what are we doing here, Ian Luth? What are we doing? Wow, you used my full name. Why would you do I did. That? I outed you. I doxed you. Uh, Everyone find him and send him treasures. Don't send me anything. Uh, well, send him lots doing, of dice. We're doing a podcast that we probably started technically a long time ago, but now it's this. Uh, yeah, I think this is like the... The phoenix burning up, and this is the thing that rises out of the ashes from right. the other podcast. So that exactly. it's like the baby or the new generation, for sure. Sweet. So I think we uh, we have a lot of conversations about D&D. So we're like, hey, why don't we record it and do a podcast? Yeah. Well, and we also talk a lot about stories and... Stories, yeah. Pop things. culture. Yeah. yeah. Good, good yeah. things. Things and, you know... I'm usually the one that likes most stuff. You're a little bit more discerning than me. Yeah, discerning is a nice way to put it, or pretentious, or whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to say. I'm more opinionated, however you want to take that. Yeah. It's, He's just yeah. like, I just like it. I'm like, it was terrible. This is three points. Horrible. I wanted I would to never up. watch it again. Or I've watched it three times already. It was pretty good. Horrible. Yeah, so... That's fine. It'll, it'll balance out. It's right. good, good it's views. Be good. So I guess I should explain the, the title of the podcast. It's a word I made up. It doesn't exist outside of my brain and now on this podcast. But philo, philomythia or philomyth is just like philosopher. But for stories instead of wisdom. So it's just like if, you know, if you're obsessed with stories, I kind of feel like that's what a, a DM or a dungeon master is, is they're kind of obsessed with Maybe worlds, too, like building worlds, building situations, building stories, and kind of, at least, if you're a good DM, I think you're kind of thinking, how can I, like, give my players the most payoff when I'm I'm building sessions? How can I make this the coolest thing for them? Whether it works or not, it's different, but you're kind of, (laughs) at least for my money, you're obsessed and thinking about it, even if it doesn't uh, ever work out that way, which I don't think it ever does, so... So, uh, uh, one thing I was thinking of, sorry, go ahead. No, I I was about to start a conversation. We're still talking about the beginning of this, so go on. We're just talking, man. You can go. I was going to bring up another point, but oh, I, I was going to say, so. you, you, you 
when you're a DM, or at least for me as a DM, I jumped in by creating a homebrew right away that had these lofty, crazy ideas of doing all sorts of stuff and having these really cool, powerful characters. And right from the get-go, everything changed because how I pictured what they were going to do right. versus what everyone did was different. so different. <laughs> so different. So I had this, Just a little I bit. guess this is like one of those things that we would, we would talk about those three, kind of the three points of the creating that story or being a DM where you create something that's shared like that. Right. There's the first part of it that you kind of brew up in your head and you're like, "Ooh, this is the this is what I've got for the story." Right, right. And then there's when you present it to them and they now they interact with it. And right. that changes everything about mm-hmm. what the story was. Totally. And then, you know, after that is how people talk about the story, like you say, like how people refer to it, how the story is told after it's done. Even right. changes it a little bit more. And oh yeah, I, I would say so for sure. Yeah, it's it's crazy to me how. I mean, just a few months ago, how I started thinking of the campaign to where it's going. It's just interesting mm-hmm. that emergent play of people influencing what you're creating. It's yeah, yeah. Well, we we've, we've talked about this just you and me not being recorded that i know of but yeah. uh maybe the cia was listening i don't oh, know they're always listening they're always listening tracking everything um i kind of heard that about filmmaking was that a film is made three times where the first is your pre-production where you're building like concept art if it's like a you know big budget sci-fi movie let's say and doing all the planning and all that kind of stuff and then you have production and it's you bring everybody else in and it can totally change your movie completely and then you uh, there's a third time when you edit what you've made and you you make it make sense and i kind of feel like that's exactly what D is you have the dm kind of plotting all this stuff and making random tables and setting up maps and if you're on roll 20 or a vtt getting all your stuff prepped and then the players come in and just totally ruin all your plans as a DM. <laughs> just just piss on it and 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 light it on fire and you're like well i didn't plan for that so well, they just... light it on fire and then they grab onto things that were inane and stupid and you literally innocuous threw it out there right at that moment and yeah, they latch yeah. on to it like it's fucking scripture yeah, absolutely. And then you have how you talk about it afterwards, and that's kind of the editing. It's like you're putting all of this in into a uh, kind of more narrative form where, you know, when you're on the table, you're stopping, you're looking up rules, you're arguing points, you're being like, can you do that? Is that, will you post that in the chat? Like, can you really do it? Yes, it's right here. It's written in the book, you know, that kind of stuff. That gets edited out, no pun intended, in the third phase. It just becomes a story that your characters went on, you know. And so I think that's a good analogy for the different modes of play as a DM, is that each phase is kind of this different game, almost. Yeah. And it's okay that it's that way. And I guess we should say at the, not the outset, but 
you know, at this point, we're not super veteran DMs. Oh, we're no. Both, we're both, you know, within our first year. I think I just had my anniversary for my one-year anniversary for the yeah. game I started. But we've been involved in D&D for a long time. Like, we were around for AD&D and... Second I played third edition. edition a little bit, yeah, and, and that kind of thing. I wanted to play fourth. I actually bought some of the books, but I never did. The much maligned, controversial edition. Uh, I don't know anything about fourth edition. I got... It's... Well, after D D, like AD&D or second edition, uh, I started getting into different games. Like, I really got into Warhammer 40K and Warhammer Fantasy, the battle stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh so I didn't mess around with too much of that while that was going on. And then some card games, you know. Right, right. Well, there's like Spellfire was around. and but yeah, but that I played was... a fair amount of Magic the Gathering as well. Yeah, I played that like so... a teeny bit with you. Yeah, yeah. Magic the Gathering, like those, Spellfire I think is fun. But for me, Magic the Gathering does not hold interest. Like I can play it for about a couple weeks and I'm like, I'm... I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something else. Because right. I'm not into just the repetitive strategy. Not that that's not fun. People obviously love it, but just for right. me. This, this, so. this ever gets listened to, the world is hating you right now because of how... I know. The, uh, the the warriors are going to their keyboards. It's fine. Right. Oh, yeah. If people are listening to us, it means that things are going well, so I'll, I'll take the shot. <laughs> the problem... Yeah. So. Oh. I always... But I, I always... Sorry. Go no, go ahead. go ahead. I always loved the idea of playing Magic the Gathering. And then I played it. I I suck at it and uh Yeah. Yeah. I've heard yeah. they've changed a lot of the rules though in the past. Well they've Yeah, and they've added stuff onto it and like right, right. for instance the Dungeons and Dragons add-on you they have little dungeons that you go through and stuff like there's different mechanics with each expansion and what yeah it's weird like i i and i'm down to play it but i feel like being good at magic is kind of like learning an instrument like you got to do that shit all the time and know the cards and have your different decks and it's like i don't want to do that over and over i'd rather like play piano it's a lot do yeah it's a lot there's video games i really want to play yeah sure that's that's a gotta pick your battles Got to pick that stuff. Where your time yeah. is, what time is? Yeah. So I think this podcast is kind of us learning how to be better DMs too. Like we're talking about stuff and you know trying to get a different perspective on things, but also like us learning and and becoming better. Yeah. Whoever's listening, maybe you want an inside look to what that's like to be a, a DM without actually doing it, or maybe you're doing it too and. Maybe you're a player that's got aspirations too, and you, yeah, hear yeah. us talking about it, and yeah. like Eric has always said, I've known Eric for a long time. We've been friends for aeons. Yeah, like twenty plus years. Um, Eric was always like, the best way to learn something is just to start doing it, man. You just jump in, start doing it. You'll learn, and just keep learning. And so right. I. I just jumped into being a DM. I'd been like, tried to do a little bit of it when we were much younger, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't, it didn't land very well. And it was inconsistent playing. 
And it's, I think it was harder back then to know <clears throat> what being a DM or GM, if you prefer, like what that was, where now you can actually look up videos of people being a DM right. and like, oh, that's what you do. You oh, know? yeah. Well, I think, go ahead. Go ahead. No, yeah. You're. Um, I think, too, this is a good podcast for people who maybe want to know, okay, what does that look like? Like, what does it mean to plan a session? Or like, what do I actually, what are you actually doing? Not just, you hear a lot of kind of generalities like, uh, like when you plan, also do this. But it's like, okay, well, what does that mean? You yeah. know, I remember oh, when yeah. I was, because Ian and I are both, my name is Eric, by the way. I don't think I've said Ian. my name. And that's Ian. Um, we're both musicians. Uh, we played for multiple decades. We'll just say that for a long time. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> I know when I started, uh, playing bass, electric bass, I didn't even know what practicing was. It was, it took me years to be like, I don't know what that means. Like you need to practice. Okay. Well, what is that? <laughs> what am I sitting down and doing? And I feel like DMing can be the same way where you're like, okay, well I want to do it, but I don't even know what are the things, you know, to do. Okay. So I think we can kind of talk about that. Oh yeah, and and well, I mean, I'm still figuring that out too. Right. Well, I mean, even reading like you just pick up the dungeon master guide and you're like, I'm just gonna read this, and you do, and by the end you're like, okay, that was a lot of words. Yeah. Yeah. And I still am not sure. Right. How? Like, I get how, but how? Right. What are the what's the actual procedure for like if you're sitting down and planning or if you want to do this like, OK, what's step one? If I know nothing about this, like, what do I do here? OK, what's the next step? Those kind of things. you know. Right. And some of that, I think, is just like, well, you just got to plan a bunch and you start finding, oh, that doesn't work. OK, that right. works really well. Oh, I should always do this first. You know, that kind of thing. Right. So find out like what you get hung up on. Yeah. Like, I tend to find, I, I plan much better if I find some art. If I'm like, okay, I'm thinking this is going to happen, and I look up some something visual that stimulates me, I can usually get a clearer picture of, of what I actually want to have happen. Oh, which nice. Which is weird. I never thought of it that way, but the more I've had to look at, like, art and stuff as a DM, that's definitely helped me. So That's cool. Um, But, you know, as we go along, we're not going to get into anything specific today, I don't think. Um, no. So I think we both talked about this and we think of D&D and tabletop RPGs um, as emergent play. Like that's kind of the difference between, say, a tabletop RPG and playing like, you know, uh, Legend of Zelda or something, which is also an RPG, but it's different. Um, and I actually looked up the definition, this is from Wikipedia, of what emergence is, like what it means in terms of like, oh, that's an emergent science, for for instance, or that's emergent gameplay. Um, and this is the definition I had in Wikipedia. So you know it's completely legit. It's from oh, yeah. Wikipedia. No one, it's the, that's only... Do not question me. I right. have my quotes. Only the most scientific and knowledgeable post things in wikipedia they know knowledge they knowledge know knowledge up. they're knowledged up so this is the definition it says in philosophy systems theory science and art emergence occurs when an entity is observed to have properties its parts do not have on their own 
So a lot of small things like a brain cell, for instance, does not have the properties of intelligence like billions of brain cells, which make a brain have. So that's kind of what it's saying is like a little dumb thing, a small thing. When you put a bunch of them together, you get these other behaviors. And you can do the same thing. They've done studies on like cities, how cities act if you treat it like an entity. Oh, yeah, and for sure. certain patterns emerge. Um, and then it says they don't have their own properties or behaviors which emerge only when the parts interact in a wider whole. And I think that's, for me, that's been the big discovery with D&D is it doesn't really come to life until you sit down in the table with your players and you start bouncing up against each other. And oh, that's yeah. where that that's where the, the, the secret sauce emerges. Oh, yeah. I and I think yeah. it's so interesting to be a player and a DM because mm-hmm. there's so many different aspects that you learn from from doing both right um and it's just it's fascinating to watch mm-hmm. these stories play out there are and you know don't get me wrong it's emergent butting up against each other creates friction and so sometimes there's there's moments of friction right right between you know characters within a game and it's always interesting to see how those kind of things pan out. Right. Uh, yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think, too, you hear a lot of, and again, I think some of these, I can't be positive, but I think some of these are like armchair DMs. Like, I think a lot of the complaints you hear online about RPGs or D&D, because it's very popular, so you're going to get more complaints, is that like, oh, my players always destroy my plans. And like, oh, they always they always derail it. But I'm like, I think that's a feature, not a bug. I think that's yeah. the point is your players are going to come in as this chaotic element and make it interesting. Where if you just want everything to be the way you planned it, like write a book, yeah. like be an author. That's basically what you're doing. There's no reason for the players to be there if they're just going to follow along a track. I'm sure people will disagree with that. But that's Oh, yeah, I'm sure that there's some, it. there's probably D&D games that, that feel like that because the DM knows that those players are gonna roll with exactly they throw at him. He just they just know that, right. you know. Then and there may be, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. and they just there's, you know, that I'm sure there are games out there that do that naturally. Right. Uh, just like there are games out there that the DM plans a specific thing and the players do something else, and you're scrambling. To be right. like, oh, shit. Right. Well, I think, too, there's probably players who want more, want to be railroaded, for lack of oh, a better yeah, term. Like, they're like, just give us the track. We just want to we wanna go through the roller coaster ride, and that's totally legitimate. Oh, yeah. There's nothing and wrong with that. If you have fun with that, man, that's great. Do, Do it. it. Love it. Do it. Keep doing it. Yeah. But I think if you're thinking about getting into DMing, expect that as, like, a feature. Like you're you're gonna make plans and you'll use about ten percent of it and the rest will be like, well, I could never have foreseen my players doing that thing. Yeah. So now I just have to roll with it, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. And having a a even a brief understanding of improvisation uh, can really help somebody that wants to be a DM. Right. 
it's a great little skill to have. Right, right. I think a lot of improvisation is kind of inoculating yourself to being uncomfortable. Yeah. It's super uncomfortable. It's, <laughs> it's really not, not fun. Yeah. I know, like, for, like, the first... I want to say like six, seven months of DMing like this last year. This has always happened, but I it's taken me a long time. Like I'd get really intense anxiety right before the game would start every time. It's like, oh, God, I'm good. Oh, no. It's like terrifying. I'd still yeah. do it, but it was terrifying. Oh, yeah. I know so, the feeling. Yeah. So emergent gameplay, and again, this is from um, – this is from Wikipedia as well. This is emerging the emerging gameplay page. Uh, it says emerging gameplay re- refers to complex situations in video games, board games, or tabletop role-playing games that emerge from the interaction of rel- relatively simple game mechanics. So this one, this definition is talking more about like the actual mechanics or rules, bringing out things, which I think is fine for. Video games, but I think RPGs, you have that human element. You have people actually playing the game, which tends to uh, bring out that emerging quality, I would say. Right. So. Well, I think that <sighs> there's so there's so much that is can be different within a you know, an RPG with people rather than a, a game because a game has limits. People don't have limits. So they, right. and the imagination can roll with anything that you really want it to be. So if they're like, I saw this on a little meme or cartoon where there's two, there's people playing D D the DM says something like, Oh, you see the King and the King's guard walking by in the street. And one of the characters goes, wait, I can see the king? And they're like, yeah, you can see the king. He's like, I shoot an arrow at him. It's like, right. what? And it's like, I shoot an arrow at him. It's like, you said I could do anything I wanted. That's what I right. do. Right. It's like, okay, well, roll the D20. Rolls like a six, and it goes, okay, well, the king's guard blocks the arrow, and they charge you down, and here's the attack roll against you. That's 19 damage. And then the guy goes, okay, well, I'm going to go. like, you're not going to do anything. You're dead. That You have 12 hit points. You're dead. And they freak out. And they're like, you said right. this. It's like, well, dude, what are you, what are you doing? This isn't. What are you thinking? Yeah. yeah. This is. Yeah. You should attack the president of the king. Yeah, you just, the king. You just shot an arrow at him, missed, and the dude came over and murked you. You're done. Right. Like, roll a new character. <laughs> like. I, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. I'm not. I'm penalizing you. No resurrection for you. You yeah. have to make a new character. That was foolish. Yeah. That character sure. deserved to die for such a foolish move. Can you imagine if you'd have hit the king with the arrow? Jeez. Well, it's kind of like that. I can't remember what podcast it was from. It might have been a meme. But talking about how, like, I think it was a meme, t- some DM talking about one of their players where they were in a village and they were talking to a blacksmith and then they hit the blacksmith but they were high enough level that the hit killed the blacksmith oh yeah I've and then the this. town flipped out it was like they weren't trying to they you know it was just a roll of the dice so and then they uh they like went to jail and like <laughs> <laughs> for the murder just of the totally blacksmith. derailed because like well you you killed like you killed bill the blacksmith 
Like he's been there for 20 years. What do you expect? <laughs> People loved him. Okay. Um, I feel like a lot of times if you're DMing like, okay, the king's going across the drawbridge and you plan, okay, they might attack them. They might try to talk to them. They might, you know, you kind of have these decision trees, but then you'll have the one person be like, okay, I want to climb the wall of the castle and then light all the roofs on fire to get yeah. the king's attention. And you're like, what? what? What's happening here? How is this? Uh, how's this okay. pertinent? All right, I, fine. I could never plan for this kind of thing. It's just totally right. random. Like, how would you like? There's well, the roofs, the roofs are made of straw. Well, I guess you could like, all right, roll your dexterity check to get up the wall. Rolls like a nat one. Well... You That's fell into bad. the moat. Slip. Ah. You hit your head on the way down. Take one D4 yeah. bludgeoning. Yeah. And I need a constitution saving throw to make sure you didn't pass out. Oh, Finally get up there. I, I cast fireball. What? What? Okay. <laughs> you just killed 20 people. What? The, I just now you're, you're wanted by the law. Like, you're in deep trouble. Yep. They take it as a terrorist act on, yeah, the, like, on the kingdom. There's... Within games that like we play the Friday game, there's sometimes where people make choices, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then things go down, and I'm like, "How how did you expect that to go?" Like, yeah. I'll never forget though that one <laughs> argument about the it was the tr the the giant's trap. You remember where it was? We were trying to get the portal to open. Wait, which we've had multiple portals. So which portal well, is the one about? where? So we're in the giant temple or whatever. And oh, right. Our buddy, he goes, maybe we should touch the weapons to the symbols. Uh, and, I, and I instantly erupt into that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Right. I will never. That's the stupid. Never. That's the. Why would they do that? That's fucking stupid. I go right, off. Right. Yeah. And then that was a solution. That yeah. was the solution. Spoiler alert. Uh, we should. So, Ian and I are both uh, PCs in a. F we play every Friday. Uh, it's the Storm King's Thunder. So, it's well, one see, of the now, official. Now you just spoiled it because they didn't know official what it was. published things. Well, I figure people want to know. You know, right, so, well. spoiler spoiler alert. There's a part in the in a temple. It's. I mean, that game is huge. Good oh, luck. It's so big. It takes forever. Where there's a thing, and you put a thing on a stuff, and, and then you open the door. So. Whatever you do, don't cast a magic spell at the portal thing, all right? Don't do that. No, now you're really spoiling it. Just don't. Now you're just ruining people's lives. They were going to play this beautiful module, and you ruined it. Beautiful module. It's not, not our favorite. It's not it has. Favorite. There are some really fun parts to it. Yeah. Some really fun parts. And then depending on how you roll how you do things, it it gets kind of uh draggy. Yeah. Well, At I think, least what we're choosing to do. Yeah, I mean there's a lot of stuff we haven't done, a lot of the side stuff. Yeah. But I think fighting giants is kind of a boring premise after a while. Like, right. like you're just awesome. doing, you're kind of, you're fighting a, a giant thing. And once we're really high level, cause our DM in his infinite wisdom deigned to give us double XP for like the first half of the campaign. So we yeah. just fucking, we were on, on <laughs> PC steroids, just like, ah! oh, um, we were, so we, we were just so mowed high. down everything. 
So that was the other thing is, is right. we got super and, powerful, super quick. And he allowed some of us some homebrew, at least me, that homebrew that we found on the internet. It's not homebrew anymore. Now it's actually official, but when... Circle of Stars? Yeah. yeah when I yeah. when I picked it, it wasn't official yet. Yeah, it was UA. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, uh, I'm sure other people enjoy it. Oh, yeah. It seems like most of these modules, though, like most of the fifth edition stuff, is more about here's the here's the unrefined jewel. Now you got to take this and go polish it and make it really workable for your table, which is good and bad, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's definitely again, how em- emergent uh, water deep is like. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's kind of the philosophy of fifth edition. Is like if you read through the DMG. It's got some really cool ideas, but it might just spare like one paragraph for it. Like, oh, this is a thing you can do. And we're going to move right past that. Not and we're anymore. moving like, on. It's like you make it up like, all right. I mean, that's cool, but having some examples is nice. You know, yeah. uh, <clears throat> Jim Davis from WebDM talks about that a lot. Where And at first you're like, okay, that seems like a odd complaint. But the more you get into it, you're like, yeah, it'd be nice to have some more stuff you know like that so right complaints um so we talked about the scene i bet you forgot but let's build a let's start building a campaign world today no okay yeah let's do do it let's do it how do you want to start well i i had another thing because we we've talked about this in the past is making your campaign world dynamic and it's like, well, what does that mean? What, is, yeah, what does, what does something mean? being dynamic mean? Because you have, you know, words like dynamo, which means power. But I don't really think that's what that we're referring to. So, again, I looked it up. This is from... Um, Look at you with all of your This is from Google. Things. Yeah, I told you. I, got, I have notes. Do you know, I, so I did you know what I did today? What did you do? I've been just sitting watching TV waiting for this. That was what I did, and you've been on. My- I I got up. Well, I taught a lesson, so that's why when you're like, "Are you done?" I'm like, "No, I just woke up. I'm teaching." Uh, teaching. Yeah. But you've been stuff. like looking up words and stuff. Jeez. Well, I mean, I didn't spend that much time. I pro- I probably <laughs> I I thought about it a bunch before, like a few weeks back, and then I pulled some things that I had already marked, and then I looked up definitions, and you know, it's mm-hmm. my my thing. So, um. A dynamic world. So I looked up some definitions from Google, but I think this is from the Cambridge Dictionary. It's one of the fancy dictionaries. I don't remember. Oh, man, I, I closed whole, the tab. I had oh, a whole God. conversation about dictionaries last night. I'm sure. Yeah, Ian's a little upset right now because he, he cares so much about dictionaries and words. Not anymore. Not after that conversation, but we can move <laughs> forward. Was it with Jerry? Yeah, absolutely. And he's, he's, taken like, he's taken like... Uh, language history classes, right. like English. He history probably classes. talked about like how much language has changed. Like, Not even that. It's like this. There's these. I don't remember what the words are because I'm not thinking about it. But there are these two words that kind of there are these two schools of thought with mm-hmm. language and like how prescriptive, prescriptive, or prescriptive yeah. and descriptive and yeah, yeah. Um, so one is like this is what language should be. This is the official thing. And the other one's probably like language continually changes. Right. Like if, uh, yeah. it's, I think it's prescriptive. I could be wrong because, you know, again, I, I don't think it's know. proscriptive. Probably. No, I'm pretty sure it's prescriptive. It's prescriptive. I'm pretty sure. But uh, it's when 
if I'm talking to you and I'm using verbiage that's not real words, but you understand me, it counts. Right. 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 And that's one of the schools of thought. Regardless, this goes into a whole thing about me and dictionaries. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get into that. But you were you were about to yeah. talk about something. So uh, a dynamic world. This is just I'm going to read. Well, let me read the definition. I do have this tab open. So this is just Google. I just typed in dynamic definition. Literally just Googled it. Um, I thought this was pretty cool because this is how I think about like a dynamic world. So, um, and this is just the top definition. So, uh, a process or system characterized by constant change, activity, or progress. And then specifically in physics, uh, it's relating to forces producing motion. So again, we have this idea of things moving or movement, right? Um, linguistics uh, of a verb expression, expressing an action, activity, event, or process. So if you keep reading down, there's always this idea of motion and movement. And so my kind of summing up of this was a dynamic world is constantly in motion, constantly changing and morphing. So whether the players are involved in a certain pocket of the world, that world has a life of its own, which is pretty much just in the DM's head. You're making right. up stuff that people may never see. So again, it's like it's you have to be kind of obsessed with this process to really get into it. Yeah, I mean, do it. But like, where do you want to? What do you want to start with with this world we're creating? How do you want to do that? Well, I have a couple ideas. Okay. I didn't really know. I was like, I have some ideas for just how I come up with ideas in general. Um, but I had a question that we could start with just to think about this. Uh, as we build the world. And, you know, full disclosure, we're not going to finish building today. So we're going to keep coming oh, back. Yeah, and for sure. Building our world as we go. Um, so my question is, what are some ways as DMs we can build this dynamism into our campaign worlds? So ju- worlds, plural. So just when we're building, when we're world building, whether it's Faroon, you know, you're playing like Dungeon of the Mad Mage or you're building a completely homebrew thing. How can we build it into our campaign world, Ian? Well, you definitely want... uh, You'd want things to kind of really happen with or without the players. So the movement is going to happen regardless. Now where the players would be in relation to that movement is really up to them. Right. Um, So you'd almost want to create you'd create something that's going on currently or a, I don't know. I mean, it could be anything mm-hmm. um, that, like I said, regardless of player involvement, things are going to start changing within the world because of this thing that's happening. Right. Uh, and that would create a, a dynamic movement in your world. Um, right. I mean, it could be anywhere from a big thing or it could start small. You know, if you want it to be, you could have it like be like a, I don't know, like a, I almost think like a, my brain's going to like Warcraft stuff, but like mm-hmm. a blight that starts. Right, right, right. Some kind of like world event or play. Right. Like it's really yeah, starts yeah. slow. 
Like it's just some of the crops. I'm also kind of thinking along the lines of like interstellar, how like the stuff's all like decaying and the, all gross. The world's turned into like a dust bowl. Yeah, like and nothing. like the yeah, yeah. Cr- crops are starting to die. So it'd almost be this simple thing that people aren't really paying attention too much to. Right. But it's almost like you hear rumors is what you could start that with. Just, you know, I mean, yeah. as far as creating something dynamic. Yeah, I like that. I think, too, some ways you could, if you're not exactly sure, if you don't have a specific idea in mind, I mean, make some random tables. Like, oh, yeah. Roll them And uh, the DMG has some good stuff for, like, here's some different events that you could do. Like, what if, uh, like, you have some kind of fantasy army like the Mongol army that comes out of, like, some place you haven't mapped out. You have, like, this this womb of nations, and there's creatures coming out of there. The PCs maybe don't; they're not involved with these uh, these uh, this incurring army directly. But how does that affect where they are? Like, right. what little trickle down effects are happening, or what if you have like, what if the weather is changing, or the seasons even? Right. Like, if they start a campaign in the fall, if you track the time, suddenly winter comes around, and that's not something the players have control over. But it starts to snow, and that affects. You know, if they're going out into the wilderness, it's going to affect the way they travel and those kind of things. Oh, absolutely. And I think a lot of people as players really love that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, anything to really pull people more into the world. Uh, I think lots of people really love those kind of subtle details. Yeah. That change, you know, just like you said, there's little season changes or... Or you could even say like like the army or there's a war going on somewhere on the world and like what resources is that pulling from all across like everything. Right. Like you think World War One or two, like a bunch of countries have to go into rationing. Like right. even even the US, all the extra stuff gets pulled away, so your PCs are in a little town and they can't get the normal supplies. Oh yeah, for sure. Haven't you heard? There's a war on. What What do you guys? Yeah, where, where do you think we're? Where do you think we send all of our swords right now? We don't have swords yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, well, my sword's broken. Well, it's too bad. That sucks. You have to figure something <laughs> out, huh? I think part of that is is getting the feeling. This is a little. It's going to sound weird on the face of it, but the fact that the world doesn't care about your character. It's right. not there for your character. That's the, at least the the feeling or the simulation is like it's going on with or without you. Right. You know. And again, and this the, is. Go ahead. This is just a, a a thing to do if you're wanting to add more color to your to your world. If you're if you don't need any of that, by all means, don't put it. Like. You do need it. But it it definitely creates a lot it. of fun. It does. For the players. Yeah. Definitely. So, um, let's build a campaign world with, the, no. with that in mind. I just and did. I'm, I'm done. You just did. did you hear it? Yeah. You're, I, I, you need you need to do it again. Okay. Well, I guess we'll do it again. Okay. Um, ready? I'm ready. How are we starting though? If are we wanting to create this dynamic world, or we want to like start with like where are we at as far as like. Uh, high magic type thing or uh what is that one that you love uh grimdark that's it so yeah i mean you could start with genre the thing that i like to do is just 
any kind of cool concept, like whether it's big or small, like something to get my brain like, ooh, that's interesting. Okay, what else can we add to that? What does that world look like? Like, for instance, maybe the concept is schedule one magic. Like magic is highly, highly feared. It's like heroin or something where you, if you're just using magic openly, you're going to get arrested at the very least. Unless you have oh. some kind of special dispensation. So what does a campaign world look like where you just make that change? It's Faroon, but magic is illegal in the general sense. If you're right. like a humanoid living in a city. You know, if you're out in the if you're out like in the wilds, like there's magic all over the place. You know, so what does that what does that look like? What changes? Oh, I bet a lot of things would change. Yeah. Uh, appearances would change. Mm-hmm. The way people dress would change. Would there be some kind of organization that oversees the use of magic and like oh, kind of like in Harry Potter, how there's the Ministry of Magic that they are yeah. they know if you cast a spell and you're underage, for instance, like they're they're watching you. Right. So would there be some kind of organization in place? I would. When you first started talking about it, I imagine there being like kind of like a higher authority that is this magic council that if you're mm-hmm. out there casting magic without the proper, you know, whatever you want to call certifications or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Official they, dispensation. They have, they have like a whole force of people that go after you. So like, right. you know, that's, they can't, I would almost say that they can't like exactly pinpoint it, but it, they get, just like anything magic does things to the area around it or it influences things a little bit by pulling the energies so they could get areas where it's happening and then have to go investigate. Right. Um, right. So, so I mean, it could be that, what would you, what would you even call that? The order? The magic. I mean, I would just, my, my thing, cause this sounds dark. It sounds like imposing or tyrannical is like the magisterial inquisition, like something where it's like, they don't, you as a person, they, they don't care about you. They no. only care if you like, it's lawful, maybe lawful neutral where this is the, these are the rules. If you break them, you're going to get punished. Oh yeah. You we don't care who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And, then, like, my mind is like, that's really cool. What if your characters, your PCs, are the agents who go out and take care of the illegal magic users? Oh, that's scary. You just made yeah. it all. You just made it all insane. Yeah, I made it all weird. Yeah. Th- yeah, that's where my mind goes. Is like that seems like you can add in some moral quandaries that way, oh, especially be- if it's just a lawful organization, right? show up and there's just craziness and make them decide things. Oh, that's right. brutal. And and what if the magic like maybe the PCs since they that's a natural way for them to have a group is like they're like these official inquisitors or whatever you want to call them. But maybe magic outside of this, maybe you actually have a chance of being possessed by demons. Like all magic is like demonic or something. Like there's there at there is a bad influence. For there's some curse happened, you know. So you take Faerun, and you all the mages came together and they made this thing because something happened a hundred years ago or something, you know. Yeah, it almost like cursed all magic. Like I'm like yeah. A, what what would you want it like a not a pl- not like a spell plague, but uh, 
But maybe it's from the uh, the what do they call the Demon Wars? Um, I know. It's the it's the demons and the devils. They have this ongoing. War oh, you're talking about the Blood War. Cause, I think the Blood War. There you go. Right. Maybe it's related to that. Like some, there was some like that. It wasn't really like an evil force trying to like take out the world. We're just gonna use Faerun because why not? Because that's what we one. know. <laughs> that's what we know. That's what we play in. Um, and so maybe something happened in the Blood War, and as a result, it infected or tainted magic on the Prime Material. Right, and that—that's why. Oh, that's this whole idea of it, like using magic can draw demons into you or whatever. Yeah. However yeah. you want to, you know, when we get that narrowed down. That's why they have this like whole force because they don't like the demons coming into the world and they just wreck everything. They cause a bunch yeah. of chaos. So it's like a whole issue. Or they, they possess people like the people who right. use it start turning. It, you could, I mean, you could easily steal from like Symbrum or something where when you cast magic, you have, you get this temporary corruption. If you get, if you pass a limit in a given scene. But would the players you, have like, how could they, would they be able to use magic? Yeah, because they would have dispensations, so they would have some kind of magic item that makes them at least partially immune so that they can use magic. There's an incentive to use magic more. But if they oh, go okay. over a certain limit, they're not like completely immune, but they have they have a special way around it. But if they if they use it too much or if that breaks or it gets stolen, then they're like everybody else. But yeah, it probably makes some kind of stat that's just for like a corruption type stat. Right, right. And so you have a threshold if you go over that. And again, you could I like the uh, it builds really good tension from what I played in in Symbrum where you have a temporary corruption so if you use magic, you have this temporary corruption just for the scene. So if you don't go over that threshold in that scene once it's done, you you know, you've moved on to something else, it goes away. So you kind of have this resource management tension every scene and if you go over that you can gain on more permanent stuff and if you get too much permanent stuff your form starts to change you know like if it's demon demon magic your eyes go all black or is as you go up in level does your your uh, temporary corruption increase um you would probably have to work that out you might be able to make it like like an, any other stat or maybe it goes up um uh, just as you level up, I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Probably have oh. to play test it and see what feels balanced. You know, in terms of like balance, to me is like there's enough tension that the the player is a little bit stressed about it. Right. Like, ah, crap! I gotta walk. Ah, I got. If it's too easy, then it's just like yeah, no one. You're cares. just gonna feel there's no investment. You know. Right. There's so, no reason to learn anything if it's not hard. No, yeah, like there's no challenge. It shouldn't be hard. But, it, but it's meaningful. It's meaningful risk. Like, right. Like there, it's it's something that matters to their character and and how they go throughout the world. Oh, yeah. You know. Absolutely. So that I mean that feels like a really cool like I actually want to play that now. Like that's not a ton of campaign world information, but it's a right. it's one change that's distinct enough that I'm like, ooh, I have a bunch of ideas now. So I would think that in my mind, it's like okay, well, all the head mages got together and formed this organization and they're probably a big world power. They're probably something akin to the Roman Catholic Church 
Because in Faroon, for instance, they're all city-states. There's no government that rules all over right. a whole this, area. I wouldn't even say these people rule either because they don't rule, but they're feared and respected by everybody. They're not, like, in charge, right. but everybody knows that they're in charge without well, what, actually. Right. What if it's, like, you know, like, you have Italy where you have the heads of the city-states, you have the rulers, you have the kings, but then you have the pope. So what if they you all, have, like, what if you have a magus that's, like, the pope, but it's not religious, it has to do with controlling magical power. Right. So it's, like, you have the ruler, but you you could have some weird tension there, too. But the thing is, it's a pope who can actually cat. He's the most, probably the most powerful magus or wizard. So he's bad news if he's not, if he, he if he's not uh, kindly towards other people. That's that's scary. Scary. Yeah. <laughs> and since he keeps using magic, might be scary. Like, man, he might get possessed <gasps> by the demon. What if he's already possessed by the? That's demon? That's what I'm saying. He's the big bad. For the campaign, that's like that. You, they don't know it, but he like they. Well, now you ruined the, it. How they work for him, it? and they have to actually come back at the end of the campaign and and fight, fight the head magister. I think. That, See that? Boom! We we did boom. it. We, we made it and it. ruined it. We made no. We didn't ruin it. What are you talking about? What if what if we were gonna play it and like do it? Now we can't. Oh well, you just you just change the big bad, and then you're fine. And the big bad's gonna be one of the players now. Yeah. Players aren't allowed to listen to this for DMs only. If you play in our campaigns, you don't get to listen to this stuff. Yeah, like now. we can stop them. You're fired. Um, yeah. So, if you had to build a session one for this campaign world, just with what we have, what would you do? Where would you start it? I would have them. I would have it start out with being them, but uh waking up and going to quote unquote work uh okay. wherever however that looks and then mm-hmm. being sent out to go check out a somebody using some low level magic that shouldn't be probably within the city pretty close uh since it'd be a low level situation so what city would they be in would you make would you do like a homebrew city that's kind of like the headquarters of the uh, Inquisition. Uh, there's a part of me that would want to say to start the characters. They're not like in the main area. Like they're just out in some almost backwater town. Outpost. As just the the group that does that out there, and they get a message right. to go check out something. You know, that's local to them. Right. And then they go and check it out. And kabam, kabam, there's your first encounter. Kabam, kablam. I like that. I think I would put the spin on it that um, I uh, I don't know how many people do this because I just came up with it on my own, but I'm not saying that it's original. But I do what's called character sessions. So before you start the campaign, you do solo sessions with each player to kind of get them into their character. Right. And I found it, it makes everything much better in terms of when you actually do your first full session. But my character sessions would be them going through the Inquisition boot camp. And yeah, the first, first session is like their first day on the job. Like they've been sent to this outpost. They're peons, like small fry in right. the organization. Um, and they 
this is like their first time going to take care of something like new police officers. Right. That's how I'm like I'm yeah. imagining it. Yeah. Like police academy. Police and academy. They're, they're like out of the out of it now and this is their right. first job. Right. They're all together now. They're out of the thing. That's that's good. I like it. Yeah. And then my my mind is like, okay, well, how can I take their, like, if they have a necklace, if that's what keeps them immune, how can I take those away? Of so course you're going to do that. My job session is going to be like, let's just, well, not session one, but start working on, like, how can I make that feel threatened right. for the players? Um, but, yeah, I think that's can good. You get a, then you'd have to establish, can you get a new one? Can you make a new well, one? I, I would think so, but I bet there would be some kind of thing, kind of like in the army, like if you lose your gun, for instance, if you lose the stuff that the organization has given you, it's a big deal. Like you can get in big trouble for it. So you're responsible for your own gear. You can get it replaced, but if you keep losing it, there's going to be penalties. I would Penalties. Think. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And I, I love the idea, though, of it, like, the players being these, for lack of a better word, police officers of this yeah. magic. Uh, and as they go through the campaign further and further, they start to basically discover that they're, they're, they're the ones, like, they're the bad guys. You know what I mean? Right. Like, they're the, they're the oppressors and don't know it. Until right. something happens in game where you would like show that to them in different ways, but not, not like shove it in their face, but right. give them these subtle right. little things where they have to like discover, holy shit, what if we're, what if we're on the wrong side of this right. whole situation? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it'd be interesting because there really is a problem with magic, but maybe the Inquisition is actually fostering it, making it worse. Make, yeah. Right. Right making a bad problem worse and so you realize especially if you kind of planned out what the plot was you could start planting seeds early for them to be like that's yeah. weird i feel i feel really weird about our job like and well and that you know. also goes to that thing that we were talking about creating the dynamic world you set up things that are happening within that organization right that regardless of what is going on with the players they may ignore the organization the whole time, but there's still things happening and maybe they go to report in and a bunch of people that they normally know aren't there anymore or something. Right. Well, depending what is the, the, go ahead. Sorry. sorry. No, I was like, just depending on the time frames, you know, just, just right. ideas. So what is the big bad's overall objective? Oh, to rule everything. But see, that's and boring. I know, but the whole thing's boring. <laughs> No, but it's actually interesting. Like, what if, like, I mean, maybe he's a demon, or I can't remember which one is which. I think the demons are chaotic evil, and the devils are lawful evil. That's something like that. I, I think it's the one devils, or the other. Right. I think the devils are the crazy ones They're the that chaotic. are chaotic, and the demons right. are the ones that are lawful. Uh, lawful in the sense that they abide rules. Like, right. I I think so. Here's here's my thing is I'm gonna make the big bad. I'm gonna make it Elminster is gonna be the big bad. So he's <laughs> the Pope and he's, the he's new one. Yeah, he's he's, the, he's the head of everything. Yeah. And you could make it like, you know, years in the future. 
but you make uh, he's you know a high level caster, so he can keep living. He has ways to to extend his life. What is that line from Star Wars? I don't know. There are many paths. I don't remember. It's what Darth Sidious. That's profound. Uh, you know what he says. I forget. Uh, uh, it depends. Are you talking about from like episode three? I think it's from an episode. Yeah, yeah. It's episode three where. So yeah, I've seen episode three like two times. Yeah, I've seen it a bunch of times. Luke <laughs> drawn a blank though. He even says it in uh, Rise of Skywalker. No. Yeah. Darth yeah. So, are you talking about Darth Sidious or Darth Darth Plagueis? Yeah. Darth Sidious. But um, because that's the isn't Palpatine is Darth Sidious, right? That's what I thought. I could be. Uh, wrong. I think what I'm you're talking about is when he's right quoting uh, when he's quoting Plagueis. Yeah. 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 Let's see what it is. I, we have Google. Let's find out. But it still doesn't establish what the big bad's goal, like what's his goal? To suck the life force of, from the planet and fly away. Maybe. It seems like it'd be more interesting, like that's one place where for me I would want to figure, make it a little more interesting or a little different than your typical villain stuff. But that... Like, just taking over the world, like, it's been done so many times, so I personally get bored. Right. So if I'm bored, but, I'm not going to want to work on it. You know what I mean? All right. But the the thing I think of is, like, not every player has got to experience that game yet. Some people right. haven't played right. that yet, and it's like, well... Here's, here's the quote. You ready? Yeah. Uh, the dark side of the forest is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be un natural that's good yes. i like it <laughs> that's our big bad right there that's his that's like live yeah. forever thing but He's, i think the thing is that the villain motivation isn't necessarily something the players have to know well right it's just like a that's just hit that's like what he's doing that's that's his that's his reason for me being interested essentially like why why i want to work on this character is because of who they are and why they're doing what they're doing and, and the fact that you, you can play it against a grain, you know, because that's every... And then from the player's perspective, as we know, it's not going to make much of a difference. It's still going to seem like, well, this person's a dick and they're trying to take over the world. Right. You know, so... He uh, wants to be a bank robber. A bank robber? Yes. So um, I think that's a good place to... That's a good chunk and now we can kind of think about it, and then next episode we'll we'll build on to it. Because I'm thinking, like, my thing would be like, well, I'm going to build a special, even if they're not going there yet, I'm going to build, like, an Inquisitor city. So where would that be? And, like, you know, again, has things in the geography of Faerun changed at all? Or, like, right. the weather? Those well, how long, would, how long has it been since, I mean, what, are, are we... I don't know. My my relative. My thinking is maybe a hundred years from like the official canonized stuff. Currently, this the current date is like fifteen eighty dr somewhere around there, fifteen ninety, in like the modules. 
Right. So maybe like 1690. I can't It's meaningless, but it's like some time has passed since all the official modules. Right. Were if you'd want the landscape to change much, it'd have to be quite a bit further. Oh, I mean, if if it's natural, yeah, but not if right. it's magical. Yeah. Like, well, again, you... like, maybe the day magic was infected, like, a bunch of shit went, like, things really went wrong. So, like, cracked maybe the organization the, was. the planet. Yeah. And now there's cracked a scar the that runs up the whole thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've had, like, Toril, um, and there's the other, there's the other world that's, like, a twin to, to Toril, which is the actual world of Faerun. Yeah, it's the, but like, it'll pop in and out of existence. What if part of Faerun, like a good sized chunk of it, what if it just blinks out of normal reality and it's somewhere else? So like this, because of whatever happened to magic, this chunk of reality got blinked into some kind of nightmare pocket dimension where everything's wrong and it's I been hope, there for. I hope people aren't there. Uh, there's people there. Cheating. That's where the PCs are. Oh, they're in the weird place. Yeah, and maybe oh, okay. it's like a, maybe maybe it's kind of like a Gnostic thing where uh, Elminster is like the demiurge. He's like the evil demon keeping this this uh, piece of Faerun entrapped, so it's imprisoned. And so that's the thing is revealing the plot of like, oh, we're actually like in this magical prison, like a piece of Faerun was taken somewhere else. And we've got to defeat the big bad to to solve the issue, to get back. This feels like you're preaching to me. I am preaching to you. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Are you convinced? I'm converting now. Um, Yeah, I I think that's a beautiful start then to a glorious campaign. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Well, I think that's a good, good place to end our... In our first episode. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna stop now, right? Well, I'm gonna we say we don't have to stop if you wanna if you wanna talk more. No, I'm done. Speak your beautiful words, brother. I got no more. I'm done. You gotta send us off though. Stay sweaty. Stay sweaty and stay sweaty, listeners. Stay sweaty. This has been a Polymuse Creative Production. Music was provided by Jerry Stenquist. To check his music out, go to soundcloud.com forward slash Jerry Stenquist. Until next time, roll high and take a point of inspiration. Like, share, subscribe! <laughs>